This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With their new Epic Speed Driver, Callaway is framing the future of speed. Using a jailbreak speed frame structure that connects the sole and crown, They've reduced the head's twisting and deformation at impact. This means more energy stays in the driver face and transfers to the ball. More energy to the ball means more ball speed. Who doesn't want more ball speed? Jailbreak Speed Frame is in the forgiving Epic Max, the Epic Speed, and the tour preferred Epic Max LS. Explore Epic Drivers at CallawayGolf.ca. In the aftermath of a pandemic that forced many companies to shut down, either for a temporary period or for months at a time, new reports are emerging that many companies are looking to invest in artificial intelligence and automation as a means to guard against the risks of future health crises. I'm Gabe Friedman, and my guest this week on Down to Business is Natalia Michigina, Research Director at the Institute for Research on Public Policy in Montreal, where she focuses on the future of skills and adult learning. Michigina recently oversaw a study conducted by researchers at StatsCan that examined which people are most at risk of having their jobs transformed by automation and artificial intelligence. As she explained, job transformation isn't the same thing as job loss. A job often consists of many responsibilities, and in many cases, only certain tasks will be automated. As always, the interview was edited for clarity and brevity. Hi, Natalia. Hi. One consequence of the pandemic is that many employers may ramp up their investment in automation to guard against the risks of future health crises. You oversaw a study about which workers are most at risk in this regard. And I was wondering if you can summarize what it found. It's important to keep in mind that we're not talking about jobs being lost. We're talking about jobs being at risk of changing because of technology. So what that study finds is actually not looking at jobs per se, but at people who hold these jobs that are at high risk of being transformed by technology. And they find that there are certain categories of workers that are more likely to to hold these jobs. These workers tend to be either younger or older, with older people being slightly like more likely to have jobs like that. It's people who have less education. It's people who have less income, which is probably related to the fact that they have less education. At the same time, they find no difference in being at risk among men and women, people who are unionized or not unionized, immigrants or not. So there are certain characteristics of workers which make them more likely to be at risk, some characteristics for which people are less at risk. Yeah. So the workers you just described as being more at risk, less educated, potentially less income, you know, at the extremes of the age, either younger or older, these are people that we might expect to be at risk just in terms of, I think expectations are set that way. But I was wondering about the professional class, people like lawyers, 
that work in sort of a rule-based system, which one would think lends itself to automation, are are they not at risk also? And and why not if so? Well, it's a it's a great question. I'm happy you're asking this because when we started talking about AI widely, not among just professionals, and it was about six, seven years ago, many people were impressed with what AI technologies can do. They can pretty closely replicate humans in some activities like, you know, reading comprehension or translation, driving, that we previously thought that only a human can do, a machine can. So then people started wondering what implications it has for jobs. And one of the, you know, widely circulated prediction was that people in highly demanding cognitive jobs like lawyers, radiologists, they would be at very high risk of being replaced by a machine. Simply because what they do, machine showed the potential to do just as well. But if we look at it more carefully, we can realize that a lawyer, they do have to go through cases, look through databases, but they also have to think, they need to argue their case in court, they need to communicate with other lawyers, clients, judges, so all these activities take quite a bit of their time and they're not replace, replaceable by a machine right now or maybe never. So even though while some of their activities can be replaced, others not. So I don't think we are at high risk of losing lawyers. On the other hand, at least from all the TV shows that we watch about law, and we can see that you know lawyers, depending on their stage in the career, or people who are not lawyers but paralegals, they spend more time doing these routine jobs, searching through a database, depending on what they need to search for, what they were told to search for. So they may be more at risk of having some of their tasks automated. But we don't know whether they will lose their jobs or whether they will be sent to do something else that I guess I will show. Uh-huh. Just to go back to that group that is most at risk, are there specific occupations that have jumped out as particularly at risk? Yes. These were jobs that involve routine cognitive tasks. So these were clerks, administrative support and these are the jobs that already suffered some, uh, say, negative exposure to technology when computerization affected many offices. So lots of paperwork was translated to computers when uh, we didn't need a typist anymore because most people learned to type on the computer and so on and so forth. So the study showed that this same group of occupations and people who hold them will be still at higher risk of having more and more of their activities automated by by new technologies, not necessarily AI, but computerization in general. It's interesting to me because I think of many of the, those sorts of jobs. I mean, you mentioned clerk doesn't necessarily require higher levels of education, but it does require certain skills like being able to you know have a conversation sociability a human touch as as things that can't really be replaced by a computer or automated easily is there any way to sort of measure whether those types of human skills may prove more enduring than we imagine well kind of two things here one is as technology became more and more widespread in these occupations 
firms became more and more likely hiring people with bachelor's degrees for this job. So it does require a now higher level of education, which is an interesting finding. And another thing about social uh, skills that these jobs require, I would say that, yes, these tasks cannot be automated, at least not maybe to the extent that people use them. Like customer service, many tasks were automated because there are standard questions and standard answers that can be given to an AI bot, for example. But others, no. So these jobs will still be needed in a work environment. However, in addition to that, I think people will need to be able to combine ability to work with technology, be comfortable with technology, and using their social skills in combination with technology. For example, as COVID showed, even clerks had to work from home and handle maybe customers through a web camera or through uh, Teams and not in person. And if there's the use social skills, partially relying on some cues of communicating with people in person, facial expression, body language, and then suddenly they have to do the same thing through a computer, they might not be able to use their skills to their full potential. So it's, it's a very interesting twist here that, yes, is, or there is already emphasis on better social skills, but often it has to be combined with at least proficiency of using technology or using the skills through technology. And that's, I think, a very interesting twist that COVID placed on what we need now to, to successfully perform our functions at work. Yeah, that is interesting how social skills will change. I want to better understand how sort of jobs could transform. Do you have examples of sort of a job that looks like it could be affected? It's hard to tell what jobs will be affected. I can tell you what jobs were affected in the past. One example I think many people know by now is bank tellers. So bank tellers used to deposit money and uh, handle cash withdrawals. But as these two functions were replaced by an ATM, bank tellers were less needed to handle cash, but they were more likely to handle customers and their unique needs and link customers to specialists in the bank that would provide certain services. Another example is people who handle ticketing at uh, flights, who uh, check you in and uh, change your flight, help you with your seats. So as you remember, probably from last trip uh, to, to the airport, it probably was a while ago, that now it's a machine that does it. And there is maybe one, two agents who circulate between the machines helping people to use them. But then this same technology allows the same agents to handle very unique situations. You, the flight is overbooked. They need to reroute you. It's a, it's a more complex task, and they're relying on a software that allows them to do it very fast and very efficiently. So these are examples from the past and examples from the future, maybe not nearby future, just by looking at jobs in, you know, coffee shops or Starbucks or other places that handle, you know, very simple, like, you know, bakers, for example, simple orders. Those jobs can be to a very large extent automated because it's a standard procedure to order something. There are not that many options to choose from. And even a few years ago, I've been to bakeries where you don't even chat with somebody. There is a, a pad that you choose, uh, you select your order and it's being served and you don't talk to anybody. 
So now that exactly the same places were closed for a long time and they have difficulty hiring and labor is becoming more expensive because, well, for many reasons, it's quite likely that this technology will be more and more adopted by this kind of coffee shops. AI, artificial intelligence and automation are growing. But is there a pattern when you look at the overall effect to what types of skills are are retaining their usefulness and their value? Skills that are not automatable. So skills that are not routine or not yet seen as routine. And also skills that allow to create technology allowed to work with technology and the skill of handling technology being the comfort of being around technology. I often read that technical skills will be predominant in the future or no, no social skills will be predominant. I think that the reality is less black and white and we've all always needed a combination of these skills maybe with slightly more emphasis on one type of skills or the other. And that also depends, of course, where we work and what stage of our career we are at. Even if we are very technical when we are young, when we are later, we have to have more social skills to handle clients or employees or shareholders. That depends. But uh, as I already mentioned before, whatever the skills are, I think feeling comfortable to work with new technology, just being a user, and the ability to quickly learn how to to use new technology, I think that would be a very valuable skill. Yeah. You you also study what types of education we need and what types of sort of job training we need to prepare for the future. And I'm wondering if you drew any conclusions about how the groups that are most at risk can sort of guard against some of the threats posed by automation and AI? How as a society we can mobilize to make sure some of these groups of people don't get left behind? I think when we speak about education, we often mean having credentials. And getting more education means to get a higher credential. But for the last few years, people started emphasizing that a credential doesn't translate into skills. And it better to to think in terms of what skills people need. And just the other day, I saw an interesting study showing that even if you look at people of the same education, same level of education, having skills that are related to just the ability to work with technology, being functional in the te- uh, technological environment, and not necessarily being a coder. It's, it's not a, about that at all. These skills compensate for having less educational attainment. And for some jobs, some environments, even people with higher educational attainment but less technical proficiency do worse than people with less or lower credentials but higher technical proficiency. And I found this study interesting because it's based on existing data and it's not a a forecast, for example. It's not our hypothesis of what will happen in the future. This is already happening now. I think what will change is what technology you need to be comfortable to be around. But I think the need to be comfortable around technology has been there for a while. Yes. Well, it was a pleasure to speak with you, Natalia. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure too. 
That was Natalia Mishigina, Research Director at the Institute for Research on Public Policy. As always, I thank you for listening and thank the crew behind Down to Business, including Bryce Hall for his originally composed music and his production, Yadula Hussein for editing, and Pamela Heaven for web support. I'm Gabe Friedman, and I'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, you can find all your business news at financialpost.com or by signing up for one of our five weekly newsletters covering energy, the economy, workplace, finance, and investing.